0: check hello seems to work seems to work seems to work all right thanks It seems funny seeing that video with the Christmas tree and all that kind of stuff, doesn't it? How many people still have your Christmas tree and lights up at your house and are willing to admit it? (laughs) Ah, you guys! Easter's coming. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Uh, You know, we've been talking about giving in this series, and it's been great. It's just really trying to teach what the Bible says about giving, and it's been really good. This week is going to be our last week in that, and then we're going to move on to a a really fun series for me, and I hope it is for you as well, and we're going to talk about the body. But um, as we've been discussing this idea of giving in God's kingdom as children in his kingdom which is um, really interesting because outside of the kingdom, we really don't have any guidance on how to give. We just kind of maybe give to what feels good. You know, there's no Holy Spirit driven if you're outside of God's kingdom. But what's really good about because if, um, you know, the Spirit is alive in you because of uh, your acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you have a guide now in so many things in life, and giving is just one of those. Um, it's funny that we don't even know how to do some things uh, in regarding giving. Like we've been talking about, we really give with no purpose sometimes outside of the kingdom. Uh, we don't do it cheerfully, you know. We don't really have any kind of motivation to do it. But uh, aren't you glad that God's given you a new heart, a, a new way of thinking, a different way uh, than the ways of the world? This week, um, we're going to go through how giving can be dangerous. Now, you had maybe not thought of it that way before, but that's where we're going to go down, the road we're going to go down. Uh, I want to review the uh, slide with you that um, uh, we've been kind of going over the definition. It says biblical giving is the overflow of joy in God that gladly and lovingly meets the need of another person. And again, that's, you're not going to find that per se a, a verse in your Bible, But what you will find that is an accumulation of thought and heart of what biblical giving is, and I love that definition. So let's pray, and then we'll dig into our scriptures for this morning and see what he has for us. Lord, I'm so thankful uh, that you speak to us through your word. Uh, Our Thursday nights here, Lord, have been so just fun, just even learning how you do that. The the means you do it, how it is you that is actually speaking to us through your words that have been preserved all these years. So, Lord, help us do that today. Help us hear them. And then, uh, more importantly, Lord, uh, may we be moved by them. Help me uh, say what you need to say today in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the things I've been thinking about lately, I want you, we've been on this idea, Nick's been advertising it or using it as part of our announcement time, we want to be making sure that we're praying for each other. And uh, two things I'd like you to pray for this week, if you don't mind putting it down, is our, first of all, all of our youth workers, uh, nursery and preschool and our kid street workers, uh, you know, they come in and hear the music, but then after that they're kind of outside of what we do. And uh, so I don't want them to lose touch with us. So one of the ways we can do that is pray for them during the week. Pray that the Lord continues to encourage them. Uh, Pray that the Lord uses them in our children's ministries. And then the other one is these guys right up here. They work hard. Um, They have a lot of talent, of course. Uh, Maybe you and I would be up here and could never pull off what they do here on a Sunday morning but they are willing to use their time and their talents and and resources to make this happen each and every week to fully engage us into worship, um, you know, of the morning. So pray for those two uh, areas of our church, if you could, please. So we're going to begin in Matthew chapter 6. And if you know anything about Matthew, uh, this portion of the book, uh, it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. And when we're talking about dangerous giving... Uh, the Lord has some words for us this morning, so let's, um, let's look at verse 1 of chapter 6 in Matthew. He says this, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them, otherwise you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So after this week, after going through the, my New King James version, it says take heed there. And um, maybe you have a different version, and I looked up some of those. Uh, whereas the King James and New King James uses take heed, uh, the NIV uses be careful. Uh, the NASB uses beware of, um, as well as the RSV does that. The ESV says beware Um, LEB uses take care, and the NLT says watch out. So I I like looking at all the different versions. You know, Take Heed really didn't do it for me this week, so he kind of went in, but so I provided a a slide for you that kind of sums up all these versions and uh, have Ken put it on there now. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. No, Will Robinson. Danger. do you get it this is what the lord is saying you know if you're as old as me you remember this tv series uh will robinson obviously had his robot buddy there to be a surrogate to be there when his parents went around they were on this lonely planet somewhere in hollywood i don't know but they were it was pretty cool to just uh kind of think of that this week this is the kind of warning that I believe the Lord is telling us to, do, to be aware of. There's a danger when we give improperly, uh, and so we're going to talk about that this morning. It is an impending danger. Um, I know that we have primarily been focusing on the The receiver of the gift, Um, a lot of times in these sermons that we've been talking about giving, we've been talking about making sure that our giving is towards, for the benefit of others. Uh, Today, Jesus' words are taken from the Sermon on on the Mount, of course, are on how not to give, but there is a warning of impending danger, and um, that danger, or to put it another way, there's a way in which we can give that is dangerous and that's what he's trying to let us know Um, if you like me normally uh, you don't read warning labels Um, I don't know why we don't do that but there's labels on just about every product everything that we would buy anywhere from I don't know trampolines to hammers and ladders and things of this nature all have warning labels on them don't they but how often do you read those warning labels Not much. I know we don't. We know there's a little impending danger there, but we don't go through them. It was really fun uh, this week. That's how I kind of looked at the Lord's warning. I kind of thought through of it as a warning label, um, the one that I don't read. Well, this week I uh, wanted to make sure that we're all reading it. The warning is, again, it says, Do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them first i have to, to uh, kind of ask myself what are charitable deeds and of course um, all the versions are different um want to go through a little bit of that but charitable deeds is the version that i'm using um is really charity you know what charity means right it means love so charity or love or goodwill expressed towards others through our actions that's what a charitable deed is uh, or a good deed as maybe your version says both Um, Christians and non-Christians are capable of charitable deeds. So this isn't just a Christian thing, Uh, although God's people should be known by these things, right? But, um, well, let's give you a little illustration. There was a man who went up uh, to a trip uh, to Israel one time, and he was about to enter the famous and impressive man auditorium in Tel Aviv. Uh, He was going to take in a concert by the famed Israel Philharmonic. Uh, The man was admiring the unique architecture, the sweeping lines of the entrance, and the modern decor decor throughout the building. Finally, he turned to his Israel tour guide and asked him if the building was named for Thomas Mann, the world-famous author no the tour guide responded um it's named for frederick man from philadelphia really the guy says i i never heard of him what did he write asked the tourist a check said the tour guide (laughs) (laughs) both christians and non-christians are capable of doing good things right uh, but what's different? Alms and uh, KJV, if you have a King James Version, you may have heard that before, alms. Uh, although it's an old English word, uh, in the Hebrew there's no such term. But there are... Uh, like a track record we can see in our Old Testament uh, how God's people took care of other people. And this is what God, if you remember right, in the Old Old Testament was really trying to, through Abraham, set up a people that was called apart and separate from the world. And so he was giving them the law and things to do that would make them separate from all the other people on the world, on the planet. So in Leviticus 19, starting verse 9, he says, When you reap the harvests of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. And you shall not glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am the Lord your God. So out of Deuteronomy, we just that one couple of verses there, we find that God made provision for the poor. That farmers in their fields and uh, vine dressers and those that were harvesting weren't to strip their field completely of every piece of crop or every bit of crop. They were to leave some behind and then the poor would come along and be able to um, eat from those things and harvest from those things. Um, uh, That was out of Leviticus. In Deuteronomy we see, for the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore I command you, saying, you shall open your hand wide to your brother, to the poor and to your needy in your land. So all this time through, throughout the Old Testament, we'll see over and over and over, God was training his people how to take uh, care of those less fortunate. Um, and as economies changed in the time, so did the way in which the charitable deeds were carried out. So we had the gleaning of the fields or not gleaning of the fields, and the people were able to come. But then with trade routes opening up and the shipping thing becoming a a part of how people got their goods from other lands and other countries and things of this nature, so they began to do uh, taking care of people through monies or basically collections of monies to to aid the poor. And that basically carries out to this day... um, to this day. Uh, That's really how we do giving. We do giving in the church. We take collections for people to be distributed to um, others. Um, Whether it was the gleaning of the fields or the collection of monies, these charitable deeds were meant to distinguish God's people from the rest of the world. That was God's plan. As deeds of righteousness, or deeds of the righteous. And that's where we got to make sure we have that right in our head and in our hearts, the righteous being those who are in right standing with God, right? That's what it meant to be righteous is that you were right with God. It still means that today is that we need to be right with God. Then as you are right with God, you begin to do righteous deeds or right things that are in the will of God within his um, thought and heart. So that's why the translators probably in many of your translations translated this as righteous deeds or righteousness. That's what this is about. Of course, these deeds were never a way of, um, you know, claiming right standing with God, right? You can't do anything to earn right standing with God. Jesus did that all for us on the cross. All we have to do is receive that gift, right, through faith. Um, Of course... Um, The same is true today. Titus 3.5 says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he has saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus warns us, do not do your charitable deeds before men. And if you're a student of the Bible, you're going, wait a minute. Didn't Jesus encourage us to do the opposite just a little bit earlier in the sermon? Let's read that, Matthew 5, 16, he says, Let your life sign, where? Before men, that they may see your good works, good deeds, and glorify your Father in heaven. Hmm. So this would be easy to say, oh, there's a contradiction in the Bible. One of these things isn't true. Well, if one of these things isn't true, then neither of them are. That's the story of the Bible, right? That's how we look at our Bible and we say, hey, one of these things is pointing to the other thing. And so what is that? The point here is not a matter of doing or not doing good works. We're to do our good works. Doing good works should be known of God's people, and I've been saying that, as a response to his goodness towards us. It's not even doing a, a, question, or a question of doing good works before men because both these verses say that. They say that they're done before men. That is why Jesus says, let your light shine before men. Our giving becomes dangerous when we do them to be seen by men. There's a difference. That we may get the glory versus doing our good works before men so that God gets the glory so there's a big difference and that's the danger in when we can be uh, giving where we flaunt it where we do it before men so that they may see our good works Um, dangerous giving is doing a good work with the wrong motive that's what dangerous giving is when we have to be careful there are consequences to not heeding the warning remember i talked to you about the the warning label you don't Realize or read the warning label on your ladder and you don't use it properly and you fall down when you didn't heed the warning, there was a consequence to that, right? Jesus is saying the same thing here today. He said there are consequences for us not heeding this warning of doing our good deeds before men. The impending danger Jesus speaks about is not that a person... Uh, receives glory that was intended for God, the danger here is what a person does not receive when they do their charitable deeds before men. They have no reward from their father, according to the second half of verse one. No reward from the father. And there is our danger. Jesus makes a point here that, and then throughout all of our gospels and through many of our readings of of Jesus' life, that the Father is who we are to aim at pleasing above all else, not man. And pleasing him always brings reward. Just how does the Father reward us? Well, we can't really always say that there's a standard way that God will reward us um, for our good deeds or for doing righteous acts. But it stands to reason when you read the general scope of the, our whole entire scriptures, that the rewards of the Father can be both given here on earth or in, or in heaven uh, in the future, eternal reward. So both of these are possible. Which, if we're asking what the reward might be before we actually do our charitable deed, we may have a bigger problem, right? And we're looking for reward before we do something. What will I get from it? Last week we talked about the children and when we give them gifts and how they clinched onto their gifts and wouldn't share their gifts, right? We can do this same kind of thing as that, well, what do I get out of it? What, what is the reward? I want to know what that reward is before I decide what to do. So there, we are not doing it to please God or man. We are doing it to please who? Ourselves. And that, that's a dangerous place for us to be when we're talking about giving. So heeding the warning, like any good warning, once the warning has been given, it will tell you what not to do. So if you've read your little um, warning stickers on anything, it'll always say, warning, you know, do not do this thing, but then it'll go on. So he says, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Now that Jesus says, explain the dangers, he tells us what not to do. He says, do not sound a trumpet. Literally, announce with trumpets. Um, I, I don't think this is where we get it, but I think of this is that when people say, hey, they're going to, we toot our own horn. <laughs> you know, when we brag about stuff or we, we say it's all about us. It's probably not the meaning of it, but uh, I think of that when I hear this, do not sound your trumpets before men. Uh, More than likely, Jesus uses this phrase as a figure of speech. In other words, not that people were actually tooting horns when they gave. Though if you read through your commentaries and people that know way more about the Bible than you and me, there's some hint of that maybe there was a call to give. And they blew horns and things of this nature. But that doesn't really line up with what we're trying to think through here today. This is the idea that I'm making a big deal before I put my drop in the bucket. That's what it is. I'm flaunting it. I'm letting everybody else know that I am doing this thing. And that's the warning here today. So um, we're not supposed to be doing any kind of announcing in any way, any shape or form. Apparently, those were who, um, there were people that did make a big deal out of this. And actually, he labels them hypocrites. Uh, You and I probably got a general idea of what the word hypocrite means, but the actual meaning, right from the Greek text, is a person who puts on a mask and pretends to be someone else. So like an actor, that's where they they got it from a theater context. So, you know, a person that is a hypocrite is actually masking as someone he or she is not really our, or they, whom they are really not that person. So they're faking it. They're really, that's not really their heart. They're just putting on a mask. And he says the hypocrites that Jesus is speaking of were acting as they were honoring God. There was the problem with this particular set of hypocrites. But they were really looking to get the glory from man. And this is... Um, Why Jesus said to his followers that they need to be better than these religious guys. These were the scribes and the Pharisees that he, this particular time, he was calling out. And Jesus says that you need to be better than your righteousness needs to be better than this kind of righteousness. Matthew 5:20 says, "For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven." Why did the religious men of the day uh, seek the glory of men? Jesus performed many signs and miracles during his earthly ministry, didn't he? Yet people did not believe. Jesus says that the reason for this out of John 12, 43 says, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. So when a person does charitable deeds or when we do good things, Uh, To gain the praise of men, it says they actually, or we actually receive what they want. Instantly, he says. But that's it. Jesus says, assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Their reward is certain. Assuredly, Jesus says, their reward is certain, and it is received instantly. They got it. When they got the praise of men, when they flaunted their giving, they got their reward right away, instantly, he says. But aren't we a people really of instant gratification? It's pretty crazy how that really creeps into our world as well, isn't it? Everything we want. We live in a world where instant gratification is actually celebrated. Just think about all the things that are instant we got to have right now and we got to uh, anywhere from fast food to instant oatmeal you know i mean we just can't wait and we got to have it now uh instant gratification is the immediate desire to feel satisfied so there's a desire there that we have that we want we want to feel satisfied immediately in other words we could never wait you know, maybe t- for eternity to get our satisfaction, that would be insane, wouldn't it? Instant gratification desire, wants that desire to have it now, and we can't wait. And that's what the promises are from the Lord, is that when we give, we give in secret, and this is kind of the theme for the morning. It's dangerous that we do not, because we skip out on this reward. We do get a reward, it is from mankind, right? But that is instant and done. What what we're looking for, and I pray this is your heart, is that we'll get a reward from the Father, but it just may not be instant. Um, This can be a stumbling block for those living in the kingdom, right? For all of us. Uh, Many seek the satisfaction of the here and now. We're kind of tuned that way because that's... We're living in the world, and we've got to be careful that it doesn't rub off on us. Uh, many, uh, like Esau, for instance, uh, he was looking for instant gratification. I don't know if you remember this story or not, but and in the process, he gave something up. He gave up his spiritual blessing. Let's read a little bit of that, Genesis 25, versing, uh, starting in verse um, 29. It says, Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came from the field, and... He was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary. Therefore he called his name Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. Immediate. He wanted it now. And Esau said, Look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, Swear to me of this day. So he swore to him and sold him his birthright. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Esau wanted the here and the now. He wasn't willing to... Uh, wait for the blessing. He didn't see any value in the blessing that God had for him. He wanted to be satisfied instantly. So for the most part, what we see here is Esau trading in his future blessing that God had for him for a bowl of bean soup. That's really hot. And And it seems silly, doesn't it? But that's exactly What he did. And it's exactly what we do when we are willing to trade in our future reward, our future blessing, by parading our giving or parading our good deeds in front of mankind and getting that instant gratification from them. Oh, it made me feel good for a second, didn't it? But then after that, that's it. And we give up or forego the reward that God has for us. Matthew 6, 1, just one more time, says, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. When we do our charitable deeds before men to be seen by them, we have no reward from our Father who is in heaven. So we know what not to do, but what should we do? There's, you'll see on all your warning labels, they'll do these things. Warning, don't do this, but do this. And Jesus does the same thing. Verse 3, but when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. The command here is that when we do our charitable deeds and when we use our time and our talent and our resources for the things of God, for, um, you know, we lovingly care for someone that we know, uh, we should not let our left hand know what the right hand is doing. It's probably a figure of speech uh, really just allowing us to understand uh, that there needs to be that much privacy going on when we do our good works, when we do our good deeds. That even, we don't even let ourselves know that we're doing. It's kind of a cool thought, is that we're so reactionary that it is something that we just do that our left hand has no idea what the right hand just did or it will be doing that's how secret and that's how private um our giving should be to stay out of danger remember it's not the deed that is the problem it's the motive the motive of our charitable charitable dreams is driven by our inner relationship with the lord and his love for his people, not by an external re- relationship with mankind and a love for their praise. So this is how intimate our giving is, uh, is mapped out by Jesus. He's telling us that, you know, you know, this is an inner thing between you and the Lord. We don't let our left hand know what our right hand is doing, he says. Matthew 6, 4, is that your charitable need may be in secret. And your Father who hears or sees in secret will himself reward you openly. This is a level at which our charitable deeds are to be carried out. Now I know that you're probably asking, well, how do you ever get anything done? Do I have to hide behind fence posts and do I have to wait till everybody leaves today before I put my envelope in the giving box? No, it's not that you do them before men or somebody sees you, it's the motive behind it. Are you doing it so that they do see you? That's the difference. So it's not a matter of us doing and people seeing our good works because that's, the, that's kind of the conflict between Jesus saying, let your light shine before men. We are to, we are to be an example of what God wants us all to be. But at the same time, if you're hanging out at the giving box until somebody walks by and then actually drop your, your thing in so that they can see you, it's a big problem, isn't it? And this is the danger. You're going to get your reward instantly. Somebody's going to see you, and you're going to go, yeah, they saw me do that. But that's it. Are we willing to wait for, uh, for the reward that God has us So we are to carry these things out um, privately, uh, of course. His promise, then, is to reward us openly. So his open reward um, is this. The word openly used there is not like, like open a package, but it carries the meanings that there be no doubt when the reward comes of who was passing out the reward. In other words, it'll be open, it'll be obvious to us that when God rewards us, it is only him that can give us that reward. Maybe it's the joy that is inside of giving just with giving in secret, knowing that you have blessed somebody. I don't know, it could be that. It could be a heavenly reward somewhere in, in the future. But there'll be no doubt Who is passing out the reward when you receive it if we do it with the right heart? It will be a reward that can only come from our Heavenly Father. So I hope you can see this morning that Jesus is giving us a warning. A warning that is for our benefit. That's the cool part about this, is we've been talking so much about the benefit being to the person that receives the gift. But in this particular case, this warning is for your benefit. Because if we do it wrong, we, we miss out on the rewards of the Heavenly Father. And Jesus knows how precious these are. And so he wants to make sure that we have them. So do not take the instant reward of man's praise, is what Jesus is saying. Um, Don't parade all these things in front of mankind so that you can get that kind of reward, but do our charitable deeds before him and him only is what he is after today so that we can receive a gift that only he can provide and not one that we would receive from man. So as we conclude and wrap things up today, giving can be dangerous. It can be dangerous. You would, you would, I don't know if you've ever thought about that before, but when Jesus says, take heed, be careful, watch out, warning, warning, I hope you think of Will Robinson for the rest of the week. But, you know, we want to we take Jesus' warning here pretty serious. This is a warning that can cut us out of future rewards. And I don't know about you, But whatever God has, I want. I want what he can give. He will give us uh, much greater things than we can ever give out. So giving can be dangerous as done with the wrong motive. So the question this morning is, will we heed the warning? I hope it's not how I look at most warning labels, and maybe you do too, on the side of appliances and things we go to use. I hope you look this morning and you see the warning label. I'm really hoping I'm really praying all week that, and even as our band prayed today, we, we prayed for you guys. That was one of our prayers this morning as a team. We pray for each and every person that would be here today, that their eyes would be open to heed the warning, that you would hear the things that Jesus is saying today, just as we want them to be real in our hearts. Will the temptation to receive an instant reward from men override our desire for an open reward from him? That's the challenge. It's almost like, you know, Satan, I don't know if you've figured this out or not, but he goes after your desires. Uh, Just look at all the temptations that Satan even hit Jesus with. They were all desires. Jesus didn't have those that kind of desire. He was able to refute those desires with God's word. But when he attacks you and me, he's always going after our desires. He's trying to make something look good based on what you desire. So if your desire is to be praised by men, he's going to come after you on this one. He's going to he's going to want you to toot your horn, blow your trumpet. Make everybody known. Use social media, whatever you can do, to make sure everybody knows that you're a good guy, you're a good lady, that you're doing charitable deeds for. Don't fall for the trap. Jesus is warning us: Do not do them before men. Do not do these things because you'll miss out on the reward that God has for you and I. So I hope this series, as a, as a whole has been a learning experience i hope you've been able to glean something been able to learn a few things but it's been really good to go through all these things with you Uh, helping us learn what biblical giving is it's not a scam it's not a thing to do all the wrong things that are publicized out there today it's really really giving to god give just a little bit of what he's already given back to us or or giving back to him what he's already given to us. And then it's done with a goal, it's done with a purpose, and that is to bless other people. So I hope that you have seen that. And so as we close today, just like we do every week, I want you to reflect maybe not only on today, but on the whole series and what God has said. And just talk to him about it for a few minutes. Maybe you've got a... um, make a couple of decision changes in your life, and I don't know what that might be. It speaks to us all differently. But throughout this series, biblical giving is the overflow of joy in God that gladly and lovingly meets the needs of others. So if you lack the joy of giving, if you have trouble gladly and lovingly meeting the needs of people, there could be a disconnect between you and God. You could be a believer here, but maybe sin has blocked it. Uh, those things get in the way. Maybe you want to confess that today. Just talk to him. Just, he, he wants to hear from you. But maybe you've never really had a connection uh, with the God of the universe before. Maybe this is, he's revealed that to you today. Maybe through the series, I don't know. But uh, if that is you, I love to help you connect with the God of the universe. Uh, I can do that after the service, if you like. Um, uh, Brian and Nick are both up here and around as well. They can help you navigate through that process. But it's nothing more than really humbling yourself before the Lord and just uh, letting letting him know that there is a difference between you and him. He is holy and we are not, right? And we need to confess that to him. Let him know that we sin before him and that we want forgiveness that's really what it's about and the scriptures tell us that he is willing to forgive us of our sins but we need to talk to him about them so during this time talk to him see what he has to say and if you need help with getting to him I'd love to do that so let's take a few minutes and pray and then I'll come back and close today's time together God, we just thank you today for all what you have given us. Lord, you've given us so much that is actually, it's indescribable to think about how we so often just trade things of such little value for the blessings that you have for us—sure, they may be in this life, but there are so many left for eternity. And Lord, we just—we um, thank you. We thank you that you forgive us if we're willing to come to you. Lord, may each and every person through this series help uh, just be maybe be a little more educated on what you say in your word that real giving is that it's almost impossible to do it right without you Lord and that the giving is just such a small fraction of what you've given us so Lord just be with it each and every person here today as we leave I pray you bless them. I pray you bless them for just even being here today and listening and hearing your word. May it move us, Lord, what we've heard, to be in more like you each and every day we live. And until you come, as we sang today, until you come, which I pray, Lord, is soon. Thank Thank you, Lord, for your love, your care for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So thank you for being here today, guys and gals. And uh, warning, warning, warning. I hope you got it. You know, Jesus is warning us. Go out and live your week for him. We'll see you next time.